For this episode, we're joined by Jordan Estro. He's running for Parkland City Commissioner for District 2. We'll be discussing his motivations to run and what he's passionate about. Welcome, Jordan. Can you introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. First, Lee, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. My name is Jordan Israel. Uh, I'm running for City Commissioner, District 2. Um, currently the general counsel for a cosmetic developer company headquartered in Palm Beach. Uh, it's named Oxygen Development. We have uh, international facilities around the world, work with some of the largest brands. Uh, it's actually a great experience because it's not only given me an opportunity to kind of uh, cut my teeth on a little bit more of the legal side of the business realm, especially in transactional, but also now understand what it means to really help run a business, right. manage a budget, and all the other different kind of areas of expertise that I hadn't really been privy to. Um, I live in Watercrest with my beautiful wife, Jessica. Mm -hmm. We have a three-year-old son, Parker, a six-month-old daughter, Maya, a French bulldog, Bentley, and our rescue cat, Loki. Okay. Loki, huh? That's Loki, uh... yeah. Is that is that yeah, supposed to mean that uh, it's a little mischievous? It's it's funny you say that because obviously I like the name from the get go without even knowing the cat and he yeah. you know sometimes animals or people just become their name. He is yes. as mischievous as they get. Interesting. So how long have you lived there in Watercrest? Watercrest for three years, but three I lived years. in Parkland you... for nearly seven. Oh wow! Okay. And and then you've been involved in many charities. So if you want to, you know, explain how you get from going supporting charities to getting interested in local politics. Sure. Um, charities to me have always been something. It's just a great opportunity, obviously, one to give back, and two to also just try to help make an impact on the local community. Uh, so politics for me is something I've always had an interest in. Mm -hmm. Started off probably more in high school, where I helped a good friend of mine's father, Ron Klein run a campaign for a uh, U.S. state representative. Oh. Since then, I learned a lot about what it means to kind of be a community leader, to really connect with constituents, understand what they what they want, what they don't want. Right. And I, I've been involved in a number of local, state, and national campaigns since then. Mm -hmm. uh, Charlie Chris for governor, Hillary Clinton mm -hmm. for president. Um, mm -hmm. So what that really did was it showed me the kind of the inner workings of what it means to be in politics. And right. it was only really when I moved to Parkland and started having kids and, you know, raising a family that I understood it's, it's bigger than just me. And, and to me, right. politics is an opportunity to not only improve my community, but just make sure that my kids, as they grow up, they understand. And I set an example for what it means for the next generation to make their imprint, uh, make an impact, do something positive, mm -hmm. improve your, your surroundings so that those who come after you are left off in a better situation than you were. And right. the parking to me is, is the perfect place. Yeah. And like, I'm curious, why did you choose Parkland? I think you, you were originally raised in Boca, right? So, um, why did you choose Parkland versus Boca, like West Boca or some other neighborhood? Yeah, that's a good question. <clears throat> um, so I grew up in Boca, uh, after I would say college, which I went to the university of Florida in Gainesville. I then mm -hmm. moved to Miami where I did business and law school. And after that, I had really reached the point of my, my life where every single thing I'd done had been in Florida. I was a Floridian <laughs> through and through. And right. for me, it was, it was an opportunity to kind of one, get out of my comfort zone, move to New mm -hmm. York city, uh, and also mm -hmm. just explore kind of other opportunities in, in New York that really weren't available down here. 
primarily right. uh, working as an assistant attorney general in New York, which mm-hmm. obviously taught me a wow. lot. But ironically, while living in New York, I met my now wife, who also happened to grow up in Parkland. Um, <laughs> wow. And, okay. and to be perfectly honest with you, I didn't really know much about Parkland before I met Jessica. And right. when I when I came down here and visited her family and got to, to meet all the, the people she's kind of grown up with, I'll never forget, right. I met Michael Udine, who was mayor at the time. Yep. And he looked at me, he said, you got to move to Parkland. And I looked at him, I said, well, why? I, I really don't know much about Parkland. He goes, oh, are you kidding me? This is the best place in the world. The kids, the parks, the... If you would have thought the enthusiasm, and for anyone who knows Michael Udine, he's <laughs> yeah, a genuine, he's energetic. genuine gets. Yeah. And ever since then, the more I learned about it, the more I actually became comfortable with um, seeing my family's future here. And, and a lot of that was mm-hmm. the draw of, of education. My family yeah. has always placed... a huge importance on education and i want to be in a community where they do the same and, and i know parkland is, mm-hmm. is that place no i it's a parkland is a very the re, most recently i did some research specifically like where the you know parkland phrase came like the city name came from and it's actually quite complicated because it turned out until 89 when the first park was created there was no parks in parkland so like if you reflect upon like upon that now it's hard to imagine Parkland without park. You know, parks are there's no parks in Parkland. You know, until '89. So, but the city, you know, changed a lot. You know, that that's actually city local government. You know, created those public parks, created the atmosphere that uh, that we see now. So I think yeah, that's and, all and important. What's beautiful, what's, what's beautiful about that is to be able to preserve this kind of space, this kind of greenery, outdoors type yep. space, without it feeling too over commercialized or too overdeveloped. It's yep. very difficult, and, and you see that in surrounding mm-hmm. cities that have tried to accomplish it, but have mm-hmm. either been unsuccessful or not nearly as successful as Parkland. Right, right. No, I, I definitely like it's. It's. I don't think I've seen a city quite like Parkland. Just, just how much it preserved that that atmosphere. So, um, and I think that's where local government comes in. I think um, it had a certain group of folks that was, you know, uh, in the local government, and then kept on pushing it. Some of these. Um, Things I've seen in the uh, in the archives uh, took years to to materialize. So, which is multiple um, groups of politicians actually pushing these agendas. So, yeah, and, and I think also, that's why it's think great about point. it. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, I mean, Parkland is a relatively young city, and the yep. amount that it's been able to accomplish in a relatively short time is is very impressive. Is for, but right. at the same time, there still means that there's a long future ahead, and in order to make sure that we maintain and preserve what all that progress has been done, it, it comes with a lot of planning and making sure mm-hmm. that things are being proactive and, and, and thought through rather than just reactive and just doing whatever people think is best at the time the decision's made. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of different factors that go into making a city a, quote, great city. But there's also a lot of things that can occur that just – by happenstance that you need to at least account for these contingency plans. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's my hope is to start really looking into the, the future here where I know our commission right. currently has already done an amazing job of putting together a strategic plan. Um, mm-hmm. But now someone has to breathe life into it. Mm-hmm. So that's what I hope to do. Is that your moment? Like, like in terms of your priorities, you know, if you get elected, what would be the main, the highest, like what do you have a parade of like, um, the things that you're you're focused on in terms of what helps community 
Well, yeah, I think the first thing is going to have to be managing the, the growth and development, right? Density right. to me is always going to be a concern in a city like Parkland because there's yes. only so much space uh, yep. for only so many people. You know, you have resources like parks and facilities that they, they're designed for a specific amount of density and capacity. Right. So right. what I'd like to do is make sure that as we continue to add residential neighborhoods into the whatever uh, remaining land that's left, yep. um, to understand how that's going to impact what's currently our, our status quo. And then mm -hmm. look to the future about other opportunities for annexation, whether it's Hendricks Farms or otherwise, to expand right. the, the footprint of the city to continue to grow with the, the in incoming residents. Yeah. No, I think that's, that's actually quite, you know, if you look at the way Parkland is, you know, there are only so many throughways, you know, tra you know traffic gets bottlenecked in certain locations in, in the area. And if you don't plan it well, it could definitely become a problem if density gets too uh, high certain areas, and you, it could become a traffic problem, especially for getting onto the, 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 the you know, the, the highways. Yeah, traffic, and I would even go further. I mean, look, a lot of the reason, as we just spoke about, the reason that draw drew me and my family to the city is the schools, uh, you know, mm -hmm. and, and the recreational parks and activities, which, you know, at some point, that's going to continue to draw people to Parkland, and the more you continue to draw people, the, the lesser the, the actual benefits of the school have become. It, it, it starts to diminishing yep. returns. And so yep. um, what I want to make sure is that the reasons that I moved here are still mm -hmm. going to be sound and, and benefit beneficial for the families, let's say, 10 years from now. Absolutely. No, that's a very good um, way to see it. Um, and then what's interesting about Parkland, I find that, you know, since I moved here a year ago or so, is that it has a history of a lot of activism. Like the kids in, in MSD were um, very vocal during the, the shooting a couple of years back. Um, I think that was unique. You know, this whole community sort of became very, um, uh, it came behind, you know, a very important cause and, and still evol it's an evolving cause. So how do you see that sort of community spirit, which is sort of can divide communities, but do you, you know, I think it's a positive thing in the sense that, that we are all united by it. Um, how do you see that continue? Did you, how do you see the city foster that? Yeah, I, I do think it's extremely unique and special the way the community has, has kind of come together and supported one another in, in times of need. Um, and, I, and my hope is that a lot of these younger individuals who have been so active, they'll either continue to, to look for opportunities of living and working in Parkland. And right. it's also incumbent upon us, the, the older generations, to help bridge those opportunities to help provide that and, and make sure that yep. they can see a future in this community as opposed to what some other younger kids do and start looking outwards of trying to find right. new homes. And, and right. a lot of that is going to be maintaining engagement, making sure that they still feel that their voice is being heard, that just because maybe the events are a little bit more in, uh, not as in recent memory, doesn't necessarily mean that the, the, resulting change and the, the feelings that all were born out of that should should be right. forgotten. And that, that comes with just being able to provide a platform for a lot of these younger kids, which I think the city has already done in, in a great way through both events, um, public art, uh, mm -hmm. different public health, mental health type initiatives. And, you know, what I'd like to do is hopefully kind of create something more of a mentor program in Parkland, right. really kind of connecting some of these younger individuals with uh, maybe older or seniors who either have similar work interests or, or career interests, have similar mm -hmm. activism type goals of what they change they'd like to effectuate. 
or even right. just for the sake of just providing uh, companionship. You know, there's mm-hmm. kids can get community service out of it. You have a lot of older right. residents who may have uh, empty nests, and they would love right. nothing more than be able to pass on some of their wisdom and their history of Parkland to to people who may not be as familiar with it. No, that's a that's a very good um, idea actually, and because I think the it's it's very easy to sort of um, the content the the, the sustain sustaining that positive energy of building something, um, it's actually difficult. You know, you had to find the outlets for that, and and um, I think the city of Parkland tends to you know it's surrounded by where a lot of people are uh, commuting to work outside of Parkland. You know, they live here and they go work somewhere else, and that naturally creates. Um, little bit of a barrier for people to get involved with a career advancement from a, like a kid's point of view, unless they're associated with someone who is already, you know, uh, have similar interests. So having an opportunity where get people of similar interests in from a different phase of the career, I, I haven't seen that. Um, so I do think that's, that'll be a great thing to do for the, for the area. Yeah. And, and, you know, especially nowadays where careers can come in so many different shapes and forms, um, you know, it, a, a city should be able to provide resources. I know the library has done incredible things for programming, both in terms mm-hmm. of academics and literacy. And, you know, maybe perhaps we kind of continue that on and move it up a little bit to more right. career advancement opportunities. Um, you know, and that may even benefit people of older ages who are looking to change careers or may have been unfortunately lost a job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the city is only as good as the health and well-being of the people. So anything we can do to support that, I think, is always going to be a plus. No, I definitely think like in terms of um, there's so many things happening, so technology and um, uh, but people need to see how see it in action. I think one disadvantage in some ways being so sheltered in a corner of South Florida is that um, sometimes if you don't see it, you don't connect in your mind of uh, potential solutions. And and having especially younger generations seeing all the different possibilities that can be created, um, you know that connects the the tools to the problems that they feel like need to be solved. I think that's important. Sometimes we're too focused on getting people trained on the skills and not really trained on how to solve problems. And and I think you need that to your hands-on practice. So um, I do I do you know I do think that's a very good idea. I didn't think that it takes some effort to to make a forum or something that allows people to uh, you know to to solve real problems with the sort of hands-on training type of thing. That would be the ideal. Definitely. And and I think also just in terms of engagement, um, you know, what my hope is, is that I can serve as somewhat of an example or inspiration for some of these younger folks who maybe look at politics and they see it as a, you know, a quote, an older person's game where it's not necessarily for (laughs) them. But if there's anything that these students have proven through their advocacy and, you know, activism is that they are just as well suited, if not more so than many of their older, uh, you know, older folks to be able to affect yeah. change. And right now I, I want them to be able to see that, you know, someone who maybe looks a little bit more like them, or, you know, maybe speaks a little bit more than has the opportunity mm-hmm. to, to make an imprint of what we want to see for the future of not only just ourselves and our, our neighbors, but our kids and, and maybe even their children. No, absolutely. I think that's a great goal. And I think having uh, opportunity to, to, to learn, close to home, I think it's important. I think um, a lot of times we do have to go somewhere, you know, modern times, uh, you know, to, to advance your career. But I think it's important to look for that opportunity here also in Parkland because, you know, some people don't want to move and, and, and there are opportunities, but they're not as obvious as, you know, 
and then having government helping a little bit to point the way and or with the local residents contributing. I think there are a lot of people are, who are here who has very interesting lives. And then I think having them to talk to the younger children uh, and, and adult, young adults, I think it's a very good forum. Um, it does, I, and, it, it's and, difficult yeah, though, so. Yeah, and one thing I like that you said is, you know, a lot of people overlook the fact that a city is essentially a big business. Uh, yes, it's yeah. not for profit, but it has human resources elements. It has mm-hmm. environmental and safety components to it, supply chain, uh, finance, all the things that a lot of kids go into school to study for, but they don't necessarily yeah. view city work as, as necessarily maybe that it's a path forward. And, and what I will right. tell you is that there are some really, really great jobs and opportunities in Parkland, not only just for developing their skills and you know, their, their experience, but also mm-hmm. just it, as a way of life. It, it's, they're, yes. they're well-paid. They still provide benefits that for someone who wants to stay local, uh, it's, it's a great opportunity. And I think that needs to be publicized more. Yeah, absolutely. And then you don't see that. And then th- I think having that um, uh, people knowing that um, the city is a resource, I think that's the first step. People need to be approaching the city uh, more regularly. I think it's so easy now to engage on, you know, in a distance or social media and stuff. At- that's still good, but you need to actually engage with the, the leadership um, in both ways, right? You, you need community to be able to reach leadership and, and then for leaders sort of to communicate to the um, to the, both the young and young kids and then the residents uh, what the direction is. I think that dialogue is um, it's, it's key to make a strong strong government in some ways. Yes, communication and information are are essential because, yep. like I said, there there are a great number of programs and benefits and opportunities to park them, but they may not all be well known to each of the residents, and right. you know it's it's incumbent upon you know city officials and people who are really the ones who are on the inner workings who get to see the this stuff every day and, and know what's out there to, to be able to educate, and and yeah. a lot of that is also just being accessible, and that's something I pride myself in. Uh, at oh, work, absolutely. I've always been an open door policy. It doesn't matter whatever the mm-hmm. issue may be. I, I invite people to come talk to me, and and to be honest, it's really to my benefit as much as they feel like it's also for theirs to learn more about the business, learn more about what's happening, and, and also just learn about the people. And, and, right. and that's what I hope to do for the city as well. No, that's that's great. And then, you know, in terms of, um, you know, the commission, how do you see the, the commission operate? Like, do you see that right now is on a good track and it's really just about the new problems like the coronavirus, um, uh, hurricane planning, or do you see that there's some some problem that you, you feel like should be addressed um, beyond the, the, the opportunity discussion we just had um, or like I'm looking for, like, are you looking, do you see a problem that needs to be fixed? No, I, I, I don't see a problem. You know, I'm, I'm kind of of the mindset of if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And I think if you pulled right. most of the residents in Parkland, they'd all prove to be pretty satisfied with the city, with how it's managed, the, the events and programs that it's offered. That said, it doesn't necessarily mean that there isn't room for improvement. I mean, that's, I, I, I come from the background of continuous improvement methodology, but there's always something that can be improved. There's no such thing as mm-hmm. being perfect. And like I said, I think the pandemic especially shows that for as much as we think we have everything under control and planned for, there's always going to be these X factors out there. And you know, there may not be a pandemic in the future, maybe something else. But right. the goal is to make sure that our vision is is the long term while we still maintain all the the efficiencies and cost uh, economics of the short term. Right. No, I, I think that's that's definitely the my feeling too. And um, 
And I think the only thing I can see is that as people maybe do more uh, work from home, I think the the infrastructure potentially may need to be improved. You know, I'm not sure how much bandwidth is internet you know to the area, but I think um, uh, you know the, the key for for being the work at home for um, for a lot of folks is uh, to have access to a reliable uh, internet. And that, um, that is a it's a very good point. I, I live in Watercrest, and we have outages pretty <laughs> often. And it is there. And there's always people who are you know somewhat vocal because they do work from home and it's not just a matter of oh i can't watch netflix it's a matter of yeah. i can't get my my work done right and i think that's that's probably the only thing i see you know partially because you know these are franchised um services right like from, from these businesses and and uh, they need to plan ahead if there's growth they need to plan enough um i think they're upgrading uh, which is good but they always feel like slower than it needs to be um, and I think whenever you have something down, when you're trying to download something from work for work, you know, that's when you really get frustrated. I think that's probably my one beef, I guess, with uh, with uh, with the area. Probably is that better internet. So. Well, if, if if there's one promise I can make to you, Lee, and to, to all the people who potentially would vote for me, is that I am a technophile through and through. Um, I, I I love technology. I'm passionate about it, but not because of just you know what it stands for, but because of what it can help accomplish. And yep. just being, you know, even in a law firm, being able to help transition from, you know, paper to paperless office and, yep. and seeing how you can help promote remote working, not only just for situations like this where you can't go to work, but also there is a, there is a, a yearning for work-life balance. And I think that's coming at all many different stages of life right now. There's a lot of the older generation who have maybe just only known one style of work because that's all there ever really was. They didn't have the opportunity right. to have all the internet and all the, the Zoom meetings. Yep. Um, and then you have a lot of people who, you know, maybe just kind of what's happening right now. We've had Zoom meetings for commission meetings. And I know mm -hmm. that they understand, I think the, the next meeting is going to be live, but why not still continue to have the opportunity for people to present by Zoom? Because yep. you know, there may be a lot of people who can't necessarily physically attend. For, for one reason or another, but they still want to be able to participate and be involved. So yeah. there, there's a lot of opportunity for technology. Uh, and that's also a true, just kind of an workings and management of the city itself. Um, mm -hmm. You know, the, whether there's going to be cost savings and trying to reduce some sort of paper forms. Um, yeah. I know I met with a, a former commissioner, Dave Rosenoff. He had a great idea that, you know, he's, he's a contractor in construction, mm -hmm. and he was looking at opportunities back when he was in the commission of trying to do a more digitalized code enforcement uh, or even right. permitting, being able to have things kind of done via FaceTime or, or things of that nature. So I think there's a lot yeah. of opportunity for that, but it really is going to be something that someone has to take the ball and run with it because in yes. order to utilize technology, you first need to understand it. No, absolutely. I think I think that's why, you know, that's why I always feel like there, um, you need the people with experience solving various problems with the technology, and then lined up with the problems you know from the city that people, the leaders identify. I think that's that's how you always solve every problem you know in terms of business. So, um, technology is a tricky thing. Sometimes you can get into quagmire where you you apply the wrong tools and then it goes nowhere. So, um, having having definitely having someone who has experience with technology and then the pitfalls of it to see what's realistic is important. Um, and I think that suburb communities like uh, Parkland long-term will benefit more from technology just because, it, it, you know, remote working is better for work-life balance and, um, and uh, the, you know, be able to access city resources 
means that it's more open and they can get more engagement with the uh, the residents. Correct. And, and I'll go one step further is if you talked about that, there's not as much business opportunity for some of the younger generations in Parkland. You know, that's not to say that there isn't always startup world of people who are coming yes. up with new ways to use technology. And, you know, perhaps maybe the city can help kind of incubate ideas and, and create a little bit more of a program where kids who are interested in technology have, again, maybe through a mentorship program or otherwise, come up with a business idea or business plan and, and have mentors who are really going to help them guide the way. And, and you never know. There, there are many of these types of programs where even the city can take some sort of percentage of the, the potential business, help yep. foster it. And if it's successful, that's great. It, it's mutually beneficial for both the individuals and the city. Um, and, and I think it's a win-win. I absolutely think that's a, that's a important thing to keep thinking about because you know, that type of, um, even that just a discussion of it creates ideas, people start brainstorming, and, um, and then that's how the whole industry come along, is, is to, to brainstorming for, you know, both identifying, clearly identified problems, and then, and then work together to figure out what you need to, to solve the problem. And I, I, I think that's somewhat lacking in this, in South Florida, but, you know, it's something that definitely can be worked on. So I'm glad yeah, that someone good. is actually taking that. Hey, I, I'm glad you. I'm glad you appreciate it because, like I said, these these ideas are only as good as the interest that the people who are supposed to be benefiting from it actually show. And if yep. if people get more excited about it, it, it builds momentum and it, and it creates mm-hmm. more, I would say, uh, opportunity and leeway to to make things happen. Absolutely, I think entrepreneurship is, is something that it's almost in contagious. Once once you have success, it sort of gets other people juices going, and then you get more success, and then it's. It's um, and then it's important for young people to see it. I find that when I, when you're younger, you, you you didn't have the experience of seeing you know wildly successful ventures, and then you think that's impossible, and then you think that's very difficult. But just to be able to see how sometimes how easy it is once you have the right um, things connected together, um, it, it it's it makes people more adventurous, and I think that's that's always a good thing in business to to be adventurous. Definitely. And, and I think also it's, it's even better for the, the community itself because, you know, one of the things that I noticed during this, uh, this last couple months is there's been, I would say, an uptick in the, the food truck world. And, you know, understandably yeah. so, people can't go to restaurants, et cetera. And I know that before this, the city also had food truck meet and greets, you know, Pine Trails Park, and they would have it every mm-hmm. so often. But to me, what I'm seeing is there's, there's a high degree of demand uh, and, and purchasing power in Parkland. But as we yep. all know, there's not necessarily as large as the amount of commercial infrastructure that supports it. So people, right. like you said, have to either leave to go get things done or products or services. But for a lot of these mobile businesses that are being able to kind of do the we come to you type scenario, yeah. I think the opportunity is endless in Parkland because there's there's such a wide density of, of people all in need of these things that they they would otherwise have to go search out for. Yeah, I think I think that's definitely something that um, the a good, better communication forum and you know the the, the right ordinances right to, to make sure that this done safely and you know people know where locations are. So like the farmers market, people know things are always going to happening uh, in this one area. People will come and um, you know it takes a little effort to make sure everyone's aware. That's that's a key thing. Yeah, I think that's the perfect example. To me, the farmer's market is one of the best events that Parkland has going for it. Um, it's extremely well organized. They have a great uh, variety, I would say, of vendors. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also just a really true community gathering point. 
And I think there's a lot more of that we can do um, just with the right planning and, and, you know, getting people behind it. You know, there's no reason why we shouldn't have other types of uh, events like that, whether it's art fairs. Or even having, you know, a chili cook-off, something where yeah, you something know, food. You just, people love food. Yeah, oh, <laughs> I I'm love a, food. I'm so. a huge foodie. I'm <laughs> a huge foodie. So any opportunity I can get to get out there and either cook, eat, or yeah, you know, be involved with food, the more the better. So I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, chili cook-offs. That sounds like a good idea for like the next spring <laughs> when uh, uh, everything hopefully is back to normal. No, this is great. And do you have it like um, you know we're almost rough, um, out of time, so. Any other messages you want to uh, tell the community that? Uh... Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, Parkland, uh, like I said, it's it's the first place since, you know, I, I finished, I would say, my my younger years where I've really been able to kind of actually put my roots in and, and, and recognize mm-hmm. that this is the, a long term home for me. And what's important about that is if, if you see what's going on in the world, there's a lot of change. And the one thing I think everyone is looking for who comes to Parkland is. To, to try to maintain this sense of uniqueness and character that is what everyone loves about it. You know, the, right. the outside world may change, but if we can at least preserve what, what it is that we are all finding uh, and enjoy about this city, then right. that's really where a lot of the growth and learning comes from for our children. You know, probably the biggest factor on development of kids is their environment and mm-hmm. their environment is our community. So for me, my, yeah. my goal is, I think, aligned with most other families in Parkland. I, myself, my wife, my kids, uh, you know, we personify what Parkland stands for. So when, when I ask for a vote for me, it's really not just a vote for Jordan. It's voting for the same vested interest that I believe everyone else shares as I do. And, and I hope that they can understand that I, I'm, I will fight for that. And because it's not just about me anymore, it's about my kids. And I want to make sure that they have just as much opportunity and happiness as, as I have and, you know, as, as can possibly be. I think, I think right. our children deserve that. No, that's, that's a good message. And then I think that that's what people should participate in local government because you want your local politician to, to, to make the environment, the community, the way you want them to, uh, you want them to sort of act as their voice. And I think it's talking to your political leaders. It's a great, it's important thing. So, so feel free to, I'm assuming you have a website or, um, yes, people like can, can go to Israel for Parkland commissioner.com. We'll, we'll put that also, on the social. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll put and, the link on the, uh, with, with the, with the podcast. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. And you know, I, if anyone ever wants to reach out to me on Facebook or otherwise, I, I'd love to, to meet and speak with as many people as possible. Um, but, but yeah, I think Lee, I, what you said, I think is, is really important. And I want to echo that is that as much as people want to believe that change happens on this grand national scale, it, it really starts at home. And, and if people in the, in the community can kind of all rally around a certain value or sentiment, you know, right. it, it doesn't necessarily matter what happens in Washington, DC or wherever else people think change really happens because it's, it's, it's a local effort that draws the most change. And, and yeah. that's where I'm, I'm really getting involved here is because I recognize that I've advocated on behalf of clients for you know, my entire career, help them get what they want out of life, help improve their situation. And, and now it's time for me to kind of be more introspective and, and look more toward the community and understand mm-hmm. that if I can affect change for other individuals, why can't I do it on a larger scale for our community at large? Absolutely. I think that's a great way to... Uh to do the effect change. And um, 
I do hope that more people listen um, to this message and then more they get involved in the local level. And this is where they can see their own results. There's it, very few times when you can um, make a difference that you can actually see. You can, you know, when I say local politicians, you can actually reach them versus national ones is very difficult. So um, it's a great way to participate. True. So Very true. Well, thank you for your time and um, look forward to uh, seeing you in the uh, November ballot, right? This is for the November ballot. Yeah, that's correct. Well, currently there's still a couple of uh, pieces to the puzzle that need to happen in terms of timing, but yes, uh, mm -hmm. for 99% likely this will be the November <laughs> ballot. Right, right. Well, that's another thing we, we always advocate. People need to register for vote, especially you know in Florida, you, you have an opportunity to vote by mail, so take advantage of it. So Yes. You are spot on. There are no excuses, whether you're voting for you're choosing not to be involved for local or state or national, whatever it may be. There's there's no excuse not to vote this year. It's, everyone will be allowed to have some sort of mail in ballot if they request it. Yep. Yep. Well, thank you very much for your time. And um, I you. look forward to hopefully chat with you sometime when uh, I'm not sure how the political campaign process will be this year, but um, whatever it is, I'll be happy to. Uh, you know, look forward to participating. Lee, uh, even outside the political realm, I'd love to talk to you as well, even if it's just about food and chili, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah, food is definitely my number one uh, topic, so. Well, great. Well, we'll find All a right. time. Thanks, Jordan. It was a pleasure to have you for this episode. And thanks to our listeners. We'll continue to bring you an opportunity to listen to our local candidates running for office. And please subscribe to our channel so you get our next episode when it's available. Thanks and goodbye.